Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 9 to 28. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one you call, who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Thanks, Asha. Well, the um, uh, greet, greet all of God's holy people with a holy kiss. I think that's still on pandemic pause, right? Um, and uh, it, although I think we replaced it with a handshake a long time ago, and um, somewhat that is still on pause too. Well, at, the, uh, at this service on uh, Pentecost Sunday, which is a few Sundays ago, we spent some time uh, listening for words of encouragement, listening for God's voice uh, to share what uh, he might have to say to his church. And uh, it was a wonderful time. Uh, such a range of images and uh, Bible verses that people shared and some testimonies as well. So um, uh, if, you, if you weren't there, then uh, you certainly missed out on a, a wonderful time in God's Spirit. And um, uh, I'd like to share with you today um, a word of encouragement that I heard then, and uh, I think it is for all of us as a church family, which is to love where you're at. Brothers and sisters, love where you're at. Well, I'm not sure it's um, grammatically correct, <laughs> um, but uh, that doesn't matter. God, uh, God speaks through us and is not constrained to our proper English. Um, and of course, whenever we're listening to God's voice and discerning God's voice, uh, it's important to uh, see, does this line up with Scripture? Uh, is, this, is this what God is saying? It, uh, we need to reference God's uh, holy word in the Bible and um, there are plenty of similar encouragements throughout Scripture to be thankful uh, and be joyful and appreciative no matter what circumstances uh, you are at in life. 
And uh, we just heard then one of those wonderful places where we are told to love where you're at in First Thessalonians 5, where Paul is writing to the church there and he's encouraging them to continue on in faith. And uh, you might know that uh, as a church, they had uh, suffered for their faith. Uh, well, as we heard there, it said, God appointed us to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So all of this starts with God's work in and through us in Jesus Christ. It says, He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. So His death brings us life and the promise of always being united in Him. We will live together with Jesus forever. That's the promise. That's the beautiful thing that we have given to us by God. And so as a global church, as Christians throughout all time, we are being drawn together. And so uh, faith in Jesus um, doesn't just draw us to Jesus. Faith actually draws us together. Uh, you can't actually have Jesus all on your own. You can't, you can't have Jesus and keep him to yourself. Because um, what happens eternally is that we, as we walk in his presence, if, if two people are in close proximity to Jesus, they must be in close proximity to each other. If I was to say my right hand is going to get really close to my face and that my left hand is going to get really close to my face, then both of my hands inevitably must be really close to one another. Now that is the beauty and also the challenge of being the church because Jesus draws us to each other as well. And it might be why the very next line there, Paul writes, he says, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Because it's, it's not fun to be in close proximity to people who tear you down. Uh, it's not fun to be in close proximity to people who aren't kind and loving and generous towards each other. And so we must, we must build each other up, encourage each other in faith. Well, the sad thing is that it is completely normal to not love where you're at. The normality of not loving where you're at. Uh, the last two years have been really hard and uh, uh, I've certainly developed a habit of pushing forward to life that's better in the future, thinking about the life to come, the, the easing of restrictions and how much better it's going to be when I can do this thing that I can't currently do right now, uh, thinking that life will be better um, in the future. I find it easy to, to look forward to doing the next project in the future. I enjoy planning things that are coming up. But the problem is I can be so regularly looking forward and ahead that I don't stop to fully appreciate what's happening right now. So when I hear those words, love where you're at, it's an orientation to now. What is happening right now? Who are the wonderful people who are around me right now? 
all of you sitting here, the wonderful people on Zoom right now. This is amazing right now. Hearing love where you're at, it stops me from fixating on some future fantasy, some prosperous vision of the future, something that God might not even have in store for me. And I can see the goodness of God's creation all around me. I can taste incredible and wholesome food every day. Um, I don't know about you, but um, I've, I've never had cravings for iceberg lettuce before. Maybe you have, I don't know, like, um, I've never, like, you know, but as soon as it's taken off you, like, you can't have iceberg lettuce, all of a sudden, ooh, you know what would be great right now? (laughs) Some sanchoy bao in a lettuce cup, You you need iceberg lettuce for that. All of a sudden, I can just taste, you know, the fresh pop as it kind of, like, iceberg lettuce, how amazing is iceberg lettuce, if only... I could live in this glorious future where iceberg lettuce is abundant again and we can all, you know, indulge in this wonderful consumption. But you know what? There's cos lettuce and that's fine too. And there's spinach and there's all the other things. Like what can you have right now? Do you know how ridiculous it is that we can go to the supermarket and get all this stuff? No humans have really been able to do that. But isn't it strange that like one thing is not available and all of a sudden, oh, I really want that. We, I become future oriented rather than loving where I'm at right now and giving thanks for what is available. It's so easy to be grumpy about what I can't have, but I can choose to be thankful for what I do have. Now that's a trivial example, right? It's lettuce. But lockdowns were not trivial. Uh, Workplace stress is not trivial. Financial difficulty is not trivial. Sickness, disease and injuries are not trivial. Relational conflict is not trivial. And so it's completely normal to not love where you're at. And so often in genuine hardships, there's no replacement. There's no going from iceberg lettuce to cos lettuce. In true suffering, there's no easy replacement. Grief is grief. Loss is loss. Things are just gone. So what can you do? Well, here's what Paul says to a church who has suffered for their faith. He says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you, hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work, live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You can do that no matter what. doesn't matter the circumstances. doesn't matter if it's highs or lows. 
you can do that stuff and the church did and the church has and the church will go on doing that we are called to be thankful in all circumstances and that's not pretending that life is all sweetness and delight now the apostle paul shared about the real problems he faced the imprisonment the beatings the council culture that he experienced our lord jesus himself faced great mockery and cruel punishment and horrible death and yet how is his crucifixion described in hebrews he endured the cross it says he endured the cross but it says for the joy set before him he endured the cross now don't for a second think that that means he he enjoyed pain and dying he did not but he had a huge perspective a hopeful perspective wonderful things that he was achieving there was a great victory being won through this act of sacrificial love magnificent hopefulness in what he was doing there was meaningful joy in knowing what would be accomplished in this painful horrible journey and your life has that same hope and joy as you live in a Jesus shaped manner as you imitate him as you walk in his footsteps you can have that same hope as you endure whatever so friends we're not getting through today just to get to tomorrow we're not getting through this job just to get to the next job we're not getting through this winter just to get to the next winter we're not getting through these people just to get to the next group of people to hang out with we're here today right now to love with the love of Jesus here where we're at there is a profound beauty of loving where you're at for us Christians there is a necessity of loving where you're at even in the midst of suffering you can still love where you're at sometimes when things get really rough you need to put a comma in <laughs> it needs to be love comma where you're at perhaps you don't love where you're at perhaps you don't like it at all perhaps it's just mediocrity you might really actually hate where you're at right now but no matter what you face you can still act in love it can still be love comma where you're at as an intentional thing that you do because of God's love for you it could be a terrible season but you can still be a person of love in the midst of it why because God loves you wherever you're at And isn't that an amazing grace of God? Uh, in the uh, traditional service this morning, we sang, uh, It is well with my soul. 
and uh, that's, a, that's a pretty incredible song to sing. And uh, the man behind it, you might know the story of the man behind it. His name was uh, Horatio Spafford. He lived from 1828 to 1888. And uh, like Job in, in the Bible, he put his faith and trust in the Lord through the good and the bad. Incredible prosperity, but also... Uh, great calamity. He was a devout Christian who'd immersed himself in Scripture, and many of uh, many of the years of his life were joyous. He was a prominent Chicago lawyer whose business was thriving. He owned several properties throughout the city, and his beloved wife had four beautiful daughters and one son. One son. Uh, life was more than good. It was, you might say, blessed. But he knew that faith, uh, no matter how great, doesn't spare us from adversity. Just as Horatio hit the pinnacle of his profession and financial success, things began to change. It began with the tragic loss of their son. Not long after, the great Chicago fire destroyed nearly uh, every real estate investment he owned. A few years later, in 1873, Horatio decided to treat his wife and daughters to a much-needed escape from the turmoil. He sent them on a boat trip to Europe with plans to join them shortly after wrapping up some business in Chicago. Just a few days later, he received a dreadful telegram from his wife, saved alone. It bore the excruciating news that, uh, that the family ship had wrecked and all four of his daughters had perished. Uh, Horatio was on his way to meet his heartbroken wife over in Europe, and uh, that is when he wrote the words. Could you imagine writing those words? Passing over the same sea that claimed his daughters, it is well with my soul. May your soul be well. Amen.